Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Knots, a forced marriage story, explores forced and child marriages, which are occurring legally across the United States every day. Director Kate Ryan Brewer reveals the disturbing truth about this problem in modern America through the complicated experiences of three forced marriage survivors, Nina, Sarah, and Frady, share intimate details of their personal journeys of surviving and escaping and ultimately becoming powerful voices in this historic fight to end the human rights abuse of forced marriages. The film, again, is called Knots, A Forced Marriage Story, and we're joined today by the director of the film, and that would be Kate Ryan Brewer. Kate, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Well, is this something that you came across in your own life? Is this, How did this... Obviously, there's a, a huge issue with underaged women and the way that they're treated and all kinds of different issues around that. I was not aware that this was the issue that to, to the degree that I see in your film. How did this come to you? How did you come across this? So my background is primarily in filmmaking. I graduated from Florida State University, had focused on screenwriting and directing. And I was working for a number of different companies over time, but eventually decided to go freelance. And the more freelance work I did, the more I picked up more and more advocacy work. And I was really interested in finding ways to use my storytelling skills toward issues I care deeply about. So that's how I ended up getting a full-time position in communications at a DC-based nonprofit that works on issues of gender-based violence. And it was while I was there that I discovered that forced and child marriage is still happening across the United States and that it's actually a really diverse issue in terms of who it affects. And I, I was really quite shocked. After a couple of years working to my filmmaking roots and try to create a platform for survivors to be able to share their stories and hopefully bring this message to the world that, hey, this is still happening. Uh, and it's happening legally across the United States, with the exception of four states. And this is something we we should probably be paying attention to. It's in the film, but describe, I don't know that there's a typical case of, the, of forced marriage. Because as I said, we follow Nina, Sarah, and Frady in their, in, through their stories. How would you describe the general broad outlines of forced marriage. What are the sort of the characteristics of that? I appreciate you asking. That's a very important question. So the definition of a forced marriage is one that happens without the full and free consent of one or both parties involved. And that what that looks like often people think it's mostly a gun to the head or the constant, uh, threat of physical violence. And while unfortunately that can be the case, typically a lot of these are more subtle in terms of the kinds of coercion or grooming or pressure from community, from family uh, to marry or to marry a specific person and to marry at a specific age, uh, typically a young age as well. So you, are, you hit the nail on the head with addressing that it looks so many different types of ways. And I really appreciate that. That's one of the 
I think, difficult things to understand about this issue. So it can range from being groomed in a society where you are told that it that is your only option in your community from the time you're very, very young. So by the time you've uh, hit puberty, that is what you are you believe that's the only option for you, or it can also run to the other side of the scale and look like threats of uh, physical violence or actual violence as well. So it really runs the gamut. And I, I guess, uh, and help me if, if I'm, this isn't a correct assessment, but it does feel like coercion, pressure, um, lack of options are the kind of the key elements for these women when they're when when they find themselves in this situation or is that a fair description of it yeah i think that's a very fair assessment and that's one of the things that makes it difficult for people to really understand as a violence issue but it it causes a, a great deal of harm for someone to be forced into a marriage and particularly for children to be forced into marriage because it's typically the family or the community or the 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 guardian who is doing this there are all kinds of complicated issues of love and abuse all kind of tangled up together yeah and i think it's also fair to say it's not physical necessarily physical emotional peer pressure and possible threats of physical abuse. Again, help me if that's overstating it. No, that's not overstating it at all. And in fact, especially for someone who has been brought up in, you know, maybe a very close-knit, tight-knit group or community, that even threat of being kicked out of that community without having any sort of uh, backup or any sort of safety net to fall back on, even those types of threats, even not of violence, but of basically being disconnected from everything you've known growing up, that's an incredibly powerful tool of coercion that definitely shouldn't be overlooked. I want to get into these stories with Nina, Sarah, and and Frady, but I also want to talk about the broad, another kind of aspect of all of this is the broadly speaking I think most Americans would say, well, this isn't a problem here in the United States. We, it's not something we have to deal with. Think of these as issues that might be of you know, a cultural, wherever, from somewhere else in the world. But in fact, there are most of the states in the United States are, how, how should I put this, are vulnerable. How many states are there in the United States that you would describe as this, is, this can happen pretty easily? Oh, this can, forced marriage can happen in every single state in the United States, and child marriage is actually still legal in 46 states. So unfortunately, it is very widespread at this point. Really? That's amazing. 46 states. And what are some of the, because it's in the film, I, I, I want to kind of touch on some of the arguments against it. Yeah, so the the arguments that have been heard against ending child marriage in the United States, which is a a human rights abuse. You you saw in the film, there's a legislator who argues that infringes on parental rights. But for that particular argument, it really doesn't hold water because if parents are, are doing something that is abusive or harmful to the child, we have protective measures in place to protect the well-being of that child. So forcing a child into marriage falls under that category 
as every single study that's been done on early marriage has unequivocally shown that it causes harm to that minor. So whereas we have these protections in place, if a, a, a parent is doing this to a child, um, you know, some sort of abuse to a child, that child is removed and try, we try to protect them. It should apply the same way, but unfortunately we just don't think about it in that way. And unfortunately, some of the other arguments that have been made in favor of not ending child marriage, when you break it down, none of them hold water. They come down to uh, attempting to control young women and girls' sexuality. So you'll unfortunately see cases where a legislator will say, well, if she's you know 15 and she's pregnant, she ought to get married. I'm just old fashioned that way. And unfortunately, what we're talking about there is something that most of the time would otherwise is considered statutory rape, um, is considered a violation of of our laws. <laughs> so why you would then think it's okay to add the word marriage and all of a sudden rape is okay is absolutely beyond me. It, it definitely takes some mental gymnastics to justify continuing to allow child marriage in the United States. I would say it betrays a certain mindset about women and their place in society. Yes, to, to your point, I agree with what you just said. Sometimes I wonder how far we've come. And I, I know, you know, in terms of our society and human rights, and especially when it comes to women and reproduction and sexuality, it's depressing to see how quickly people are willing to essentially embrace things that it's like slavery. I thought we were done with that. I really thought we were done with slavery. Now you see the world is in many ways, human trafficking is just another form of slavery. So there's just things that we will continue to revisit as long as we live because people simply don't get it. I, I don't know if there's a better explanation than that. Maybe you have one. I actually appreciate you bringing up human trafficking because child marriage is a subset of human trafficking. You are taking a, a minor who has no agency and no autonomy under the law and you are transferring them to another uh, adult who now has control over them. It is it is a subset of human trafficking and especially since when that child is forced into marry they don't automatically become an adult the abuser or the person who has been grooming them or the person who now is an adult and has control of them doesn't automatically become a caring and loving uh, guardian or spouse that's that's some ridiculous magical thinking that we have about what the word marriage does unfortunately what it does do is it traps these children in this marriage. So they are not considered adults until reaching the age of majority, which in this country is 18 in most states. And so that means they can't apply for a divorce. They cannot seek a protective order. They cannot enter into any other kind of contract that exists because all of those, any other contract with minors is considered voidable by law because they are children. Uh, and they can't even go to most domestic violence shelters because they'd be considered a runaway and that shelter would be required by law to return them to 
their guardian. So it's a horrible situation that they are absolutely trapped. And it provides the spouse with a veneer of legal protection. The, 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 the uh, let's say it, the abuser of, with legal protection. Oh, it absolutely gives abusers legal protection. In fact, uh, it is marriage to a minor is used in a number of states as a way to get out of statutory uh, rape prosecution. So right. unfortunately, it is used as a defense against rape. We're speaking with Kate Ryan Brewer. She is the director of a new documentary film called Not a Forced Marriage Story. And if you would like to watch the film, which you should, it is available at uh, the Lemley Virtual Theater release. Uh, you can also go to the website called notsthefilm.com, and that will give you a lot of information about how to watch the film, about places where you can go if you want to find out more about this issue, as well as if you know someone or know of someone who is in a situation like this, they, you can provide them with some information on some of their options that might be available to them. You mentioned statutory rape, and I want to bring up Sarah in her situation where soon-to-be husband drove her to Nevada to be married because the laws are so lax there, and she shows up eight months pregnant, obviously statutory rape at least, right? And no one bats an eye eyelash over this, right? Yeah, it's, it's astonishing um, how often this kind of situation arises in the United States. Sarah was uh, 16 and eight months uh, heavily pregnant when she uh, was taken by her, like you said, soon to be husband to, to Reno. And all they had was a permission slip letter, basically from her father. And they went ahead and, married her to her rapist with only that and not even thinking to intervene in what was clearly a situation of rape unfortunately so the the laws across the states really vary widely in terms of what loopholes exist to allow for child marriage so obviously some states the bar is really really low some states it's you only need permission from one parent other states you may need permission from a judge and both parents or it, it, it or some combination thereof but unfortunately even when you bring a child to a in front of a judge it's very, very difficult for them to be able to have the space to tell the truth about what's happening because typically they're being forced by their parents into marriage and they fear the repercussions of what's going to happen to them at home if they are honest in front of the judge because uh, it, it's not like they're, they can walk up and say, oh no, these, uh, yeah, my parents who I dearly love, but I, I'm terrified of what they're doing and what is going to happen to me. Yes. Um, um, please don't allow this marriage. But uh, as soon as we walk outside of the courtroom, who knows what's going to happen to me and, and my whole life. So that idea of putting the onus on children to try to somehow prove in front of their abusers that they do not want to go through with something is a very, very difficult situation for us to be expecting from children in, in abusive situations or facing this kind of thing. You mentioned the word grooming a couple of times, and it was a term 
I think we're all kind of familiar with the sort of the way that people who abuse children go about doing it. But I hadn't heard the term until fairly recently. It's describing basically essentially that getting someone ready, if that's the word, that's got to these. I'm struggling with the with the verbiage here because it just feels awkward what I'm saying, the way I'm saying it. But nonetheless, put that aside, these women, these young women, these girls are being basically prepared for a life that is not of their choosing. And also, they don't know what their options are. That's the other thing. You know, you, you described how they can be standing in front of a judge. And one instance in the film where an attorney has been sent out to take them to court to revoke a restraining order, not knowing what her options are. And she's standing next to an attorney who's there to make sure she doesn't find out what her options are. Unfortunately, I don't know that some version of that isn't pretty common. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, various, uh, like a whole host of versions of this are more common than we would like to believe, particularly in the United States. There have been limited studies done on this because unfortunately we, we haven't even really been prioritizing ending this human rights abuse as an issue. The limited studies that have been done show that between 2000 and 2015, at least 250,000 children were married off in the United States. And we can assume based on testimony from survivors, advocates, experts, that the vast majority of those are forced and even regardless of circumstances, like I said, any study that has been done on early marriage has shown that entering a minor into marriage causes them undue harm and sometimes lifelong harm, significantly increases their rates of domestic violence, of all kinds of mental and physical health issues, increased rates of poverty, uh, lack of education, the list goes on and on and on and on. So, Unfortunately, that number of 250,000 children in that period of time is also just the tip of the iceberg because a lot of states are very inconsistent with the kind of data they collect. And so uh, a lot of people are on the front lines are still working to get a full data set of what this looks like. And the grooming aspect of it is probably one of the most difficult and sinister aspects of it because that can happen in any community. It can happen in religious communities from every religious background you can think of. It happens in secular communities. It happens in the in rural parts of America, in cities, in suburbs. So this issue really affects primarily women and girls from uh, all sorts of backgrounds, a huge range of backgrounds. And it reminds me of how crappy our data gathering is on certain subjects. And this is one of them. I mean, for years, we didn't track police shootings, right? We, there's all kinds of data that you would assume that if we were concerned about an issue, which you, it'd be hard pressed to find a politician who wasn't concerned about, you know, shootings or, of, or whether they be police or not be police, or this, you know, trafficking in children being getting married that you can't just play lip service you have to fig you have to know what it is that you're actually talking about i feel like there's this new science the social science the social the the gathering of this kind of data 
we're beginning to see more and more of it's getting a little more sophisticated. So it, it's going to be more difficult to ignore these kinds of issues, right? There's so many sort of social issues that we claim we, oh, we're just going to wear, I got to have to live with it. This is just the way it is. And we, but we are finding out, no, we don't have to live this way. And in fact, no, we can figure it out. And we know these outcomes are almost predetermined. If you set these certain circumstances in front of somebody and say, you need to run that gauntlet. And by the way, you're probably not going to come out on the other side of it very well. We know what they are now. We know what those factors are. You just described many of them. So hopefully people will see not a forced marriage story and begin, and if they didn't know already, begin to figure out that this is something we really need to address. And I really appreciate that. And it's so true facing in the United States and across the world. But this one, uh, Freddie likes to say is, uh, at least in terms of ending child marriage in the United States, it costs nothing, it hurts no one, and it protects vulnerable children. It really should be a win across the board. And I feel like, and I hope that the more that we have conversations around it, because it, I really do think that people will care and that people don't want to, the vast majority really don't want to be seeing this happen and this human rights abuse perpetuated. The more we talk about it, we understand what it looks like, we know what to look for, and we know that we can figure out what's happening in our state, talk to our representative, hook up with identif- uh, with organizations like Unchained at Last that have specific action plans the more we can actually make some real and lasting change. Again, you can go to Knots, the film, K-N-O-T-S, the film.com. And right there, you can, there are uh, basically all of the things that we're talking about. There's a, there's a link here to the Lemley virtual theater. You can watch the film now. And um, there's gotta be there. I'm sure there's, there's links to Unchained at last. And, and other places, the Child Labor Coalition. There are ways in which you can, you can not only better understand the issue, but you can also be a voice for reform and for ending something that, as you just said, there's no real downside to doing this. Exactly. Um, there's no downside to ending child marriage in the United States, which is a form of human trafficking and uh, a subset of forced marriage. Um, there is harm in not doing it. So, <laughs> Kate Ryan Brewer, thank you so much for the film, <laughs> Not a Forced Marriage Story, as well as your work and continued work. And as you said at the beginning of our conversation, taking on issues that are important to you. And and hopefully you'll, when when the time comes, you'll come back and join us again for another conversation about that as well. It would be my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. The film, again, go to Knots the Film, K-N-O-T-S, thefilm.com. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music